Hey, it's Johanna Masca, and this week on Press Advance, we're talking political relationships. We started this podcast diving into the Republicans running for president, and one of them, we actually started the podcast by talking about how he was single. In a style section story at the Washington Post, the author Ben Terrace, who's also the reporter who asked Tim Scott if he was a virgin, wrote about his new girlfriend. So Denise Gitchum is a good friend of Tim Scott. She worked in the Bush administration. She's a longtime Republican and a friend of the pod. She was at Tim Scott's announcement where evidently the girlfriend was too. So I wanted to talk to Denise and get some more on this girlfriend, the back and forth. And does it actually matter? While she was at the announcement. Oh. um, So we saw her there and she's the screensaver on his phone. You know, I've known Tim for a long time and I would say that he's never been one to share much about his personal life with others. And I think that that's been wise for him. So my friend Yvette Fernandez dated him for a long time and she, they're such good friends and she posts regularly about him being her ex-boyfriend and how proud she is of him. They're really good friends. And she was Miss Alaska and she was very high profile in New York. She's very socialite. So a lot of people have known about his ex-girlfriends, but no one's ever cared before now. Well, I I think uh, we've got somebody who cares very much. The headline (laughs) was Tim Scott's girlfriend. The author, Ben Terrace, is also the reporter who asked the sole black Republican senator if he was a virgin. I wonder if he ever asked Tim Scott's colleague, the unmarried Senator Lindsey Graham, that same question. (laughs) (laughs) I really think that would be a very different conversation with lots of demurring. I mean, can Um, you imagine that? No, I cannot. That one, I still don't know what's going on with Lindsey Graham. But yeah, I think it's best to let 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 sleeping dogs lie. But (laughs) this article, Ben Terrace posed the question of whether Tim Scott's relationship status now with the inside scoop that there is a girlfriend to a ton of people. He talked to campaign staff, to Republican operatives, to Iowa voters, and he wanted to get an idea of whether it mattered. But I was interested, you know, there weren't a lot of women chiming in, women strategists. I mean, his campaign manager, Jennifer Dick Casper, was essentially like, yes, she's real. (laughs) (laughs) But there weren't a lot of women. What are the women saying? It's interesting. Tim and I, we have a very unique relationship. It's based on our shared faith. It's based on a lot of different things. I mean, he's, we have a relationship that I'm not really involved in his campaign world. I know his, you know, Joe, who's his right-hand guy, who's his best friend, who runs everything. I know little bits and pieces of his life, but because I don't live in Charleston and because I don't go to Charleston to visit him, really, we intersect mostly in Washington, D.C. And sometimes he comes out to events that I invite him to speak at. Um, You know, I only know about the women that I've met. I had New Year's Eve dinner with one of his girlfriends when I was married to my ex-husband in San Diego. Um, And all of them have been just remarkable women in their own rights. And he respects women so much. I mean, he was raised by a single mom. So, you know, one thing I think it's so interesting about this whole conversation is (laughs) this is going to be really cheesy, like sort of reference, I guess, to pop cultural reference. But I watched Pretty Little Liars, like, two decades after everyone else did. I think when I was sick, I binged it one day. And there was this really interesting line from it 
in which one of the characters said, there's a difference between being private and being secretive. And I thought that that really resonated with me. I feel like in this super social media fueled, lay it all out there, reality TV show world, we have kind of forgotten that there's a difference between people wanting to keep their private lives private, which anyone would agree is a basic right of any individual, versus trying to hide something as if they were being secretive, as if there was some malicious reason or shameful reason that they didn't want to share their lives with everybody. So I think I'm for people who are into privacy because I really want that in my own life. And I think anyone would. But do you think the Republicans kind of, I mean, Bill Clinton was doing things he shouldn't have been doing. And a lot of people were doing things they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're right, Denise. But when it happened, right, I remember coming of age in that era and learning about blowjobs from the president of the United States of America. Yeah. And things I should have never been learning from the president of the United States. And it was because the Republicans impeachment. I mean, they were dragging a dress up there. They've kind of opened that up in a way, right? Because people have questions. Yeah. About like, are people ethical and are people moral? Right. It's interesting how we had a president who was married, what, three times and has, you know, done all sorts of questionable things on the Republican side, you know, President Trump, who has a very sketchy past with women and who knows what his president is. I wouldn't even begin to guess. And that's of less concern to the base than whether or not a man who is an openly, like, honestly professing Christian whose life is aligned with what he says he believes in. And people would choose to question the guy who chose to be really smart about whether or not he, in biblical terms, you know, is equally yoked with somebody um, versus somebody who has been married three times, you know? And I find the hypocrisy interesting. I think that people look for what they want to look for to, to try to poke holes in people when they're concerned about them. And this was a plant by another campaign. I know which campaign, but I won't say which. So another campaign planted with the reporter that Tim Scott actually had a girlfriend or that there were questions about whether the girlfriend was real? I think the question was, um, why isn't this guy married? Because that's really the issue that roils the conservative base. Um, and he claims to have a girlfriend. If so, where is she? Of course, they're trying to out him as being gay, which would you know impact the conservative base. But I can guarantee you, Tim is, I mean, he's the opposite of gay. He's like the most, not even Metro. He's like such a dude. And I, I mean, all of his ex-girlfriends can attest to it too. I've seen him deeply in love and infatuated with a bunch of women that are amazing, not a bunch of women, but certain women. And I think a lot of women are infatuated with him. And when you're somebody who has that much at stake and you've been raised as well as his mother raised him, you really are careful about who you end up pledging your life to. And and when you've waited that long, I mean, I waited till I was 41 to get married and it didn't last very long. I remember Tim called me about 
two months into my marriage. And he said, how is it going? And I said, you know, honestly, it's really hard. It's really hard. And it's not that fun. And I will tell you, I was like, hold out until you know, I told him that I said, hold out until you know, for sure that the person is in it for you and not for themselves. And we had a lot of honest, hard conversations. He was one of my dearest friends and he prayed a lot for my marriage and he invested a lot in my ex-husband and getting to know him. And I invested in his girlfriend. So, you know, he's wise. Did you know the girlfriend, this girlfriend that he's got is the girlfriend when you met her? No, he didn't even introduce me. Well, I was there in Charleston on the day of his announcement when it was just a circus. And then I flew back up, as you know, to News Nation. So I flew in that morning. I flew out like immediately. So it was not even a time. But you met her there at the event. I didn't meet her there. I just knew that she was there because my other friends knew her and I was hanging out with his chief of staff. So have you met her? I have not. And I also have not been around Tim like very much. Like we'll talk on the phone. I'll see him in DC, but she doesn't come to DC. Are people trying to poke at the race of the girlfriend? You know what's interesting? I have not actually heard that angle from anyone. Um, I don't, I don't really know that I've heard anyone bring up her race. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if some ugly latent racism was involved. It's still America. Um, But I also don't even know that Tim has ever dated anyone that wasn't multi-ethnic. Like, I mean, he is such an interesting guy and like, he's very much one of us almost, even though he's 57, I think of him more like me, where we just grew up with people of all different backgrounds. And South Carolina, Charleston especially, is really diverse. And he's dated a Mexican-American woman. He's dated an Indian woman. He's dated all, all kinds of women. And so um, he always has a lot to choose from. That's what I'll say. <laughs> As a friend watching from the outside, I'm always amazed at how women throw themselves at men of, who have power like him and who are genuinely kind and good people. And when I'm in any room, there's at least 10 women buzzing for his attention. And he's at that age where he sees right through it. You know, he, he appreciates kindness and, you know, but he doesn't get caught up in the attention. So Ben Terrace, the author of this article, basically makes the argument that the Republican Party is struggling with the notion of a single candidate and struggling with the notion of what a man should be. I mean, we were talking about yeah. Donald Trump, right? Like Donald Trump Let's had talk about that. <laughs> three wives. <laughs> yeah. He had three wives. He's had, you know, multiple affairs. He's had children from multiple different wives. And, um, you know, Mike Pence, he was on a News Nation town hall. And, you know, he talked about that was one thing that set him apart. You know, he has been married to the same person for a very long time. So there's that segment of the party that, you know, Josh Hawley was quoted in his book titled Manhood. He says, men are meant to be husbands, to form the virtues of a husband in their souls. Exactly. What you're seeing is the difference between cultural Christianity, which is how we like to define a nation and a people based on principles that get adopted into a culture and become like the mainstream versus what scripture actually says. And every culture does this, but we tend to pick and choose what we think works best for us. And it's usually the winner in society, whoever the ruling class is, decides what the norm is based on what they cherry pick out of the Bible. This is why when people on Republican and Democratic parties 
decide to use the same scriptures for each of their platforms, you understand why. Like they can justify their their platforms with scripture always. There's a million different ways to do that. It's very easy to find a justification. I would say that people, you know, kind of want to let people just live their lives, right? But not then, everyone. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, yeah. especially in the Republican Party. <laughs> the Republican Party is kind of tough for that, right? There's a lot but, you of... You know, I don't know if it's a Republican thing. I think that in different ways, each party has ways of shaming people, right? Like whether it's cancel culture on the left or it's, you know, shaming you for not being married. Well, that's actually interesting because I got married at 25. Um, I was young, you know, I lived in the Midwest and I remember there were some folks who came into Kathleen Sebelius's office and I was already engaged and, you know, on the pathway to marriage and in democratic politics, these women looked at me and they thought, oh, all she's going to do is end up, you know, pregnant in Kansas. And so what <laughs> if I did, right? Like, that would be cool. Right. If that's what I wanted, then that's what I should have. That's what I think feminism or, you know, like the uh, rights should be. But it was really interesting to me to get judged by some feminists for getting married young. It's judgy. No matter what you do, I and mean, that's one thing you learn really fast in politics is you worked in the White House. I ran for Congress and I also worked in the White House. And I, when I became the candidate, it was very different. People look at you differently. There's a new scrutiny. You know, there wasn't this big hullabaloo about Tim Scott being a single senator, but all because there were other single senators. There's the, the other single senator that I mentioned, yeah. Lindsey Graham, <laughs> who we don't know what he There's gets. There's a little more hullabaloo around him. Um, <laughs> But now that he's stepped up, there's always a new level of scrutiny. He doesn't, I'm telling you, I just talked to him. I was with him for about an hour the other night in DC. And I was just saying, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, he could not care less. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that people, if people want to, they can question him on a lot of things, but you just see him in a room of women and see how they flock to him and how gentlemanly he is with them and how consistent he is about maintaining his integrity with them. And there's really no question as to who he is or what he's about. How was he the other night when you saw him? He's doing great. He's so is he, just committed. Can I yeah. ask Denise, is he disappointed in kind of where the race is for him, because I watched that last debate and I thought he didn't have the moment that I thought he would have to come on stage. I felt like you about it when I was watching it. This is because you and I are politicos, right? Like we want to go for the kill. Like where's that? Where do we land the the death blow? Like I'm you and I want to win. We want to argue. We want to win or stand out. Yeah, and and make a splash, and I think that, um, and I I never asked him that just because that's not a great question to ask somebody. But I I also felt really disappointed that he didn't make more of an impact on the stage, and he barely got to talk. And what I realized, and I was talking to him about that a little bit, and it was like, how did you feel like other people were doing? And he said, you know, everyone's gonna burn bright, but as fast as they go up and burn bright they tend to recede because people love a flash in the pan, right? He didn't say this. This is me now. So you're going to see people come and go. And one day we're going to be like, who was that person? But what you'll remember is Vivek Ramaswamy. Are you, are you mentioning that? One? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that. I don't think he does. He's not. One thing about Tim is like, 
it's kind of annoying because I'm kind of petty and he's just not. And so he doesn't even get upset about stuff. He kind of, sometimes he gets upset when people go after things on race and they deny his, his, his experience of being, you know, pulled over multiple times. Like that kind of stuff upsets when people call him the N word that upsets him. There's another level that I think isn't fully explored that I think that they're probably trying to poke at the race of the girlfriend and like questions sure. about that. Yeah. And they can't really unleash like a white male. Like, I mean, this is just pure politics, right? This is the same reason Trump needs probably needs a female for a vice presidential candidate for all the offensive things he says about women. He needs somebody who can message him with women and make him palatable, right? So Tim Scott wouldn't be the vice president? Uh, I think personally, I just think Tim's not running to be vice, but I don't think that that's what he's looking for at all. In fact, I know for sure he's not. He's angling to win. And I think if you look at the dynamics of Iowa, what you see is Tim creeping up on DeSantis. So while everyone's focused on South Carolina and New Hampshire, Tim is focused on Iowa. And if you look at the polls, he just keeps going up and he's right on the heels. There was just an article about how he's right on the heels of DeSantis. And so you can guess which campaign is looking backwards um, and which one's the likeliest to throw punches. But, you know, Trump's future is certainly, as we talk about on the Hill, is far from certain. And so when you think about the strategy behind focusing on a state like Iowa, you know, I went to college in New England. I understand the dynamics of New England a little bit as an outsider. I don't really see them embracing like a black president from the South, right? A presidential candidate from the South, not because they're racist, but because it's just such a homogeneous sort of culture up when you get to New Hampshire. And then you look at South Carolina and whoever kind of comes out of New Hampshire with a bump or starting with Iowa and then New Hampshire, people build momentum and people fall to the wayside and they rise. George W. Bush lost New Hampshire by 19 points. People forget that John McCain walloped us. And we had to do a hard stop in South Carolina. We thought we were all out of jobs. People were sending out their resumes. And so there are different states that are outliers. I think Iowa has never really been one of those. And you're from the Midwest, so you understand better that they have their finger on the pulse of America. They do. They haven't elected a Republican nominee in a while, but I do think that Tim Scott should stand a good chance there. I do remember in the Obama campaign, you know, I was one of five advanced team that lived in Iowa at the very beginning. And I was the only woman. So anytime Mrs. Obama came to town, all the guys would look at me and like, do you want the trip? And of course I did. Like, I loved Mrs. Obama. So yes, <laughs> of course I would do the trip. Yeah. But also I was kind of like their loss for never taking one of those trips. Yeah. But it was interesting to watch because the questions that people would ask Mrs. Obama are different than the questions that they would ask the candidate. And they really were, they were kind of trying to pry at some of those like, what are your values? What is it that you care about most for your kids? Like, right. are they the same as ours? Who could be that person and who is that person in Iowa for Tim Scott? That can answer those kinds of questions. Yeah. You know what's interesting is Tim has always wanted kids and not like grown, like when he, some of the women he's dated have grown kids. He always wanted little kids. And he still, I think he still does. If he could be a dad tomorrow, he would. And I think he thinks about that. 
that's something that's personal to him. And he would love to answer that. One of my favorite things is watching Tim when groups of kids come by, he'll stop everything to go hang out with the kids. He's like a big kid in many ways. And he just loves children. So the, the modern candidate can embrace both the feminine and masculine elements of who they are. And we all have both and differing, you know, levels. And I think Tim's able to tap into the feminine, the loving, the warm, the caring side when he's with children and he understands he's big on education. It's one of his four platform issues because he cares about the future generations because of his experience with his family, his nuclear family, because of how much he loves his mom, because of how much he loves his nephew, because of how close they are. And so I don't really see this as much of a gender division. I think that when there is a woman there, it kind of spares the the candidate, if he's a man, from having to answer questions that hopefully he has good answers for. Well, the other thing I'd say, Denise, is a, as a woman, I want a female president eventually. But I do think... <laughs> I love that. I do think that it matters to have that female perspective around and a strong female perspective. I mean, I again... Well, Jennifer, certainly his campaign manager and his chief of staff for years is a single mom. And she is certainly a strong woman. Talk about, I mean, she's, I find that the women that Tim surrounds himself with are incredibly strong. They're almost like he's the still and steady and we're all the fiery fighters. We're defenders, you know, and we're like mama bears around him. And I'm not even on his campaign. I think he just likes me having around because I'll punch back, you know, and Jennifer's certainly that way. So I think she would, and she is a mom. So I think that there are lots of women out there. And I think his mom will talk about those issues. That's what I was going to say. Has he put his mom on the trail? I actually haven't followed his trail very much. I'm so busy with my own life, but his mom is everywhere. And I don't know how comfortable she is getting out there. She's very private too. And um, I'm sure that where she can be helpful, she will be. But you saw at his announcement, he trotted her out and she was so happy and beaming, so proud to be with his mom and so happy to be able to honor her publicly. And that's a beautiful thing. If I was advising them, I would say get her on a surrogate bus and get her answering all these questions. But has she (laughs) met the girlfriend? I don't know. I didn't ask him about that. I didn't ask. I'm sure she has. She's the girlfriend's in Charleston. Okay. So she lives in Charleston. Yeah. She's from Charleston. She was set up. They were set up by their pastor. They go to the same church. He goes to Seacoast. And so their pastor, how recent is it? Do you know? It's before the announcement because she was there. And Tim doesn't invite people to stuff lightly. But we don't know how long before the announcement they've been dating. I didn't ask. No. Do we know the last time we were that he was single? I feel like Tim is always surrounded by women and dating women. There's always somebody in the mix. So I don't know what you would qualify as single, right? Like when you commit to somebody and your girlfriend, like, does anyone have those conversations anymore? I certainly don't. It's a very good question because I've been married since I was 25. I don't know. if Like, what do kids do these days? I mean, I don't know when you become a girlfriend, but I will say this about Tim that I think is so incredible. I have often, I have thrown many women his way that I think are worthy of him. And if he's dating somebody seriously enough, if he's had a conversation with them about wanting to pursue it seriously and exclusively, he'll tell me, hey, I so appreciate you thinking of me, but I am seriously pursuing this person. And if I was to go and meet someone else, that would not be honest with them. 
He's very loyal. I think this girlfriend has to get ready because I think she's going to be outed like Princess Di. I'm sorry, but like... <laughs> Listen, I I was dating somebody when I ran for Congress and I never brought him into the public eye. Yeah, but you weren't running for president. No, uh, there but is going to be a reporter more, who clicks yeah. on his screen, figures out who she is and hunts her door. Like, I just I'm predicting it now. And, you know, it's entirely possible. And I feel so sorry for her. I, I mean, I'll agree. I don't even change my Facebook status when I'm dating somebody because I don't like the public breakup. And so can you imagine being that poor girl? And having to be trotted out. And then what if they end up not together and then they have to explain it in the public eye? Like, I can't imagine anything worse. I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be pictures or they're going to start questioning, is she real? Like, those are the two <laughs> ways Well, I've given my two cents. She's gorgeous. She's, she's, they're very happy. And I'm really excited for him because he's very picky. Well, I do think it's important and interesting to have the record set so... Tim Scott has a girlfriend. Yeah. He doesn't want the press to pry into her privacy because it may be relatively recent, but both of us have realized it's probably going to happen. Yeah. I think that's a good summation of (laughs) where we've landed. I kind of hope, and I know this is so naive, I do hope that they give, they just have, something can be sacred. I don't even know why I'm saying that because the minute I say that, I know that I'm wrong. She should come on the podcast. She should come on. She should come on the podcast, Denise. I am very happy to talk to someone who is dating presidential candidate. It must be a hell of a ride. <laughs> I bet. I can only imagine. But I, I really like everything I've heard about her, and I hope to meet her really soon. Well, I am grateful. I think that the one thing I will say, like some of my Democrats do look at marriage overall, is a significant way in which people have built stability and wealth for generations and for children. And that has been a thing that Democrats have actually tried to figure out. How do they message it to Democrats? Like there are Democrats who are against marriage. It's like marriage can be a fantastic vehicle, a civil union, whatever you want to call it, to stability in one's life. And I hope whatever Tim is looking for that he finds it. Well, Denise, I'm really grateful for you talking to me about the new girlfriend, Tim Scott. (laughs) We'll be we'll be watching when she wants to come on the podcast. Have her on. I'll let her know. (laughs) I'll let him know. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks. I really appreciate all of you who stuck around. Our motto for the Iowa campaign for President Obama was respect, empower, include. And gosh, I think we could get back to that in politics. That is exactly what I want to do on Press Advance. And I'd love to have the audience involved. So if you're listening to this, please find me on social media at Johanna Masca. Send me what you think and let me know if I should read it on the podcast. Please follow us, rate and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.